Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time for our weekly visit with the Hall of Famer John McClain from Sports Radio 610. Here's your boy Q. And John McClain will be joining us in a matter of seconds from Sports Radio 610 in Houston. Definitely appreciate pushing back an extra day for us as we were dealing with technical difficulties yesterday. Jared is efforting them right now, or Jared has them. Jared has them. All right, that's what I'm talking about. Great job. John McClain now joins us on the phone lines. And, John, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for pushing back a day. We appreciate you. I wanted to start off and ask you about this NFL and all these gambling situations that are going on, all these players being investigated all of a sudden. How out of control could this quickly become if it doesn't get it, you know, get it taken care of quick, fast, and in a hurry? For Q, you got to be an idiot to get caught. They lay the rules out. Teams go over it. The Players Association goes over it. Their agents go over it. They're told, do not do it. And if they're dumb enough to do it and get caught, they deserve exactly what they get. And there's only a small number of guys who've been caught. You think about it, what is it? I, I can't remember the total number. But then you think of all the players yeah. on the rosters, on the practice squads, uh, on the injured reserve. There might be 80 players at a time on a roster times 32, that's a lot of players, so it's just a small number of morons that are stupid enough to get caught. And if they want to gamble, there's ways to do it, and I'm sure there are a lot of players who figured out how to do it. Somebody else does it for them, and uh, and it, nothing's going to happen because the NFL is making so much money from gambling with the idea that they could make $100 billion over five years and one of the reasons they want to be in Europe is because you used to be spreading the brand now it's because there's gambling all over the world and we're almost the last to catch on to gambling and the NFL wants to take advantage of that and uh so they will and uh, if guys are dumb enough to get caught, they're going to pay the price. <laughs> yeah, no, they're going to have to. And, and I just it blows my mind when I see that there's a guy or here or two guys under investigation because, like you said, it just doesn't make sense. They, they're going to get caught. And if I don't know. It just To me, it doesn't make any sense why they're even going through it and doing it. Uh, they should be having someone else do it at the very end of the day, right? I mean, why, why, why are they even doing it under their own accounts? Well, one of the, one of the things, Q, is – these guys that have been caught, like Calvin Ridley, Jameson Williams, they're not stars. They're good players. They're not stars. What happens is, say, three or four stars from one team were dumb enough to get caught, and how it could affect the team, could affect it could affect the division, the league, uh, the conference. And so uh, they, they, they're constantly preached to about the rules. They can't say, honestly, that they didn't know it or they didn't understand it. And I bet you the Colts are like, oh, my God, I'm glad it's just a defensive back who was a six-round pick. (laughs) Right. There's no doubt. John McClain is our guest from Sports Gallery. Sports Radio 610, excuse me, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. The Raiders are going through mandatory minicamp. Multiple teams are going through mandatory minicamp. John, from your experiences, how much difference is OTAs, which is voluntary, to mandatory minicamp? Guys that miss the minicamps are either injured or holding out for more money because you got to be there. The fines, today you're limited on what you can find by the collective bargaining agreement. And so guys that 
have not showed up to the off-season program. They'll wait till the start of regular season because that's when they start getting paid their base salary. And it's not that big a deal. Media will make a big deal out of it, of course, because players are unhappy and you hope that uh, they'll accept the franchise tag or a contract offer. Just come in for the start of the regular season. We've seen guys didn't like being tagged. So they sit out, but they show up the week of the season, step in and play really well, and then get all, named All-Pro again. But uh, it, training camp, some, a lot of guys don't like training camp. I remember there used to be a Houston Oilers defensive end who didn't like two-a-days. Now, if you think, you what it's like today when there's no two-a-day practices, second one's like a walkthrough. Back then, you'd play, you'd have two three-hour practices full contact, full pads, day one of training camp. That's how they got players in shape because a lot of them had to have jobs in the off season. And I remember a player used to take a Bible, I think it was a Bible, and beat on his needle and swelled up so he didn't have to practice. And then when it got uh, into the preseason, getting close to the start of regular season, his knee would miraculously be okay <laughs> about the last two preseason games. The Bible healed his knee. <laughs> It hurt his knee, and, and it healed his knee. I love it. I love it. John McClain is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. How about DeAndre Hopkins? He's taking a visit to the Tennessee Titans. You know Mike Vrabel and that Titans organization really well. Uh, is that a good fit for D-Hop? Uh, not if he wants to go to the playoffs and the Super Bowl. Right before he hired an agent, he, he listed four teams and four quarterbacks, and they were all Super Bowl contenders with great quarterbacks. And now if he's talking to the he's, – he's going to go Q where he can get the most money. Mm-hmm. Even though he's got a lot of money, he's never been married, he's, he's saved money, he's not been ostentatious when it comes to spending, but players always want the most money. I thought he would sign with a team, and he still might, that has a chance to go to the playoffs in the Super Bowl. Deshaun Watson has been lobbying publicly for the Browns to get him, even though they brought in – three new receivers, and has both starters back, so they've got their top five. But they freed up money under the salary cap last week for the June 1st cuts. So they have some money to do it. I heard he wants $10 million a year, and usually it's the bad teams that get all the room under the cap. Now, if he went to the Titans, that'd be good for the Titans. We're assuming that he'll be the receiver again he used to be. He hadn't had a good year the last two because he's missed – 15 games because of injuries and the suspension. But because speed was never his strength, his game is not is going to wear well. It's going to age well. He can still fight for the ball, still has great hands, still a physical receiver, still knows how to get open. So I think whoever signs him, it would be a good addition. But you got to be prepared for him to have these injuries where he doesn't practice most of the time. Mike Brabel was with him four years in Houston. Brabel knows exactly what he's like on and off the field. He's going to have injuries. And here he only missed two games in all of his career, starting in 13 till he was traded at, in 2020 uh, to uh, Arizona. And so um, I think it'd be – the AFC South teams would like it. I'd love it because he played against Texans two times every season. But – uh, if I'm him and I really want to go to the Super Bowl, I'm calling Andy Reid saying I'll take the minimum. 
Yeah, I don't have any doubt about that. And he would be so dangerous in that Kansas City offense uh, led by Patrick Mahomes. How about D-Hop's, old, old, his prior team, the Arizona Cardinals? Is it like a no-doubt, no-brainer that they just are looking for that, that number one overall draft pick next season, that they're basically tanking without saying it publicly? And they'll they'll pray every week that the Texans lose because they have their number one pick. Texans still have picks in the first, second, third round, but they gave up uh, – that one to trade up to get Will Anderson Jr., who could be the best rookie defensive player. So they want Caleb Williams or Drake May. Somebody else could come up. It looks like it could be a really good draft for quarterbacks with a bunch taken in the first round again. And you know they're tanking. And uh, I, I read something, but somebody covers the Cardinals said, if you are – 30 or older with this team, you are an endangered species. And DeAndre Hopkins turned 31 uh, yesterday. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. As soon as he turned 31, goodbye. We're out of there. That's exactly how it all shook out. John McClain is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Of course, you can check out John on Sports Radio 610 in Houston. My man Jared's got one for you. All right. I, I don't get to talk to you on a weekly basis. So, sir, what is your best Earl Campbell story? Guys, Jared, there's a million of them, but I'll tell you one early in his career when he was leading the league in rushing his first three seasons, MVP, and uh, he came back for the start of training camp. Coach Bump Phillips, who is one of the funniest people I've ever met, and uh, Earl doing the conditioning drills, he, he couldn't finish the mile run. And so media, we breathlessly asked, Bob Phillips, Earl couldn't finish the mile run. What are you going to do? And Bob was always chewing tobacco. He spat tobacco on the ground. He said, well, when it's third mile, we won't give it to him. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, I got one more good one. Oh, good. Wonderful. The Raiders. Uh, 1982 in the Astrodome in Houston, the 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 Oilers, no, I'm sorry, 1980. Oilers were real good. Raiders were real good. Raiders beat the Oilers in the playoffs and won the Super Bowl. And there is, uh, Oilers are on the one-yard line of the Raiders. And Jack Tatum, no, I'm sorry, it was 79. Cause Jack was <laughs> traded here in 80, and he talked about this. And he backed up from where he was in safety, and he started running toward the line of scrimmage to time his leap. As soon as he knew they were going to give the ball to Earl, and Earl was going to leap over the goal line. So Earl Campbell got the handoff, Dan Pastorini, and he leaped. And uh, Jack Tatum came up and hit him in this collision that you could hear all over all over the Astrodome. And Tatum went flying backward. But he said he felt really good about that hit because he knew he had knocked down Earl Campbell, and saved a touchdown. And while he was on his back, he heard this roar. And he's like, what in the world? And he didn't know till he saw it on tape. He had hit Earl, knocked him backward. Earl had spun around, put his hand down to, to keep his balance, and made it over the goal line for the touchdown. Wow. And the crowd went crazy. Jack Tatum said that was the hardest he had ever hit anyone. And Earl had a big Raiders imprint on his chest, on his sternum, for where Jack Tatum had hit him. 
Wow, that's yeah. awesome! It's I love incredible. it. I love it. Great, great story oh, right yeah, there. I like those Raider stories. Yeah, that's fantastic. You have a whole whole week of shows telling you Kenny Stabler stories. <laughs> Oh, hey, look, <laughs> don't tempt us, John. Don't tempt us. We'll absolutely do that. <laughs> Mid-summertime, that, that might be, it's it's uh, it's Ken Stabler week. Um, I, all I right. got some good ones about Snake I can actually tell. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, hit us with one. Yeah, yeah. all right. No, no, yeah, you've over-teased it. No, I'm not going to tell you anymore. Oh. You're going to have to have a snake day. <laughs> Well, we can make that happen. We will definitely make that happen. Go ahead, Jared. I know you got one more. All right. So I am a huge – I grew up watching NFL Network top tens, and I am I, – I have a degree in broadcast media. I have to ask, how how does that work? They just put you in a room with the camera? Do they hand you stuff? Like, how does – like, you, I, I know you from that, but I also know you as, you know, the legend. Well, the way that works is that the, it can be at the combine, it can be at the league meetings in the spring. They go to four different resorts. This year we we're at Biltmore, and so a woman that works for NFL Films would say, "Do you have time to come by uh, where we're set up and uh, spend a few minutes with us?" And they like the old guys because we've been around the longest. And you go in; it's this little room. It's very dark, almost like a closet. They've got the lights, they've got the boom mic, they have a guy sitting on a chair, then they have the chair where you sit on, and they hand you a, a, a big thing like you see coaches carry placards during games with all the plays on it, and you look at this, and it may say, uh, it may say, goes to the post. It might have uh, uh, the drive, the fumble, all these plays, and say, which one do you feel comfortable about? And I hand it back to him and say all of them. And, uh, <laughs> That's and, uh, so I've been fortunate for years to be included on those. Always had a blast, especially telling the stories about uh, guys that I covered, but also guys I watched. I started watching pro football and and baseball in 1960 when I was when I was eight years old and became a big fan of both American Football League because they threw the ball all over the place. And that's when the Oilers and the Cowboys started. Cowboys were terrible. The NFL was boring. Three yards in a cloud of dust. But, boy, that AFL, they threw it, and kids loved it. There you go. I love it. That's a fantastic story. And I'll tell you right now, John, we're going to have to take you up on Snake Week. We're going to have to get you out here in Vegas again. The next time you get out here to Vegas, we're going to have to get you in the studio, and we'll have a whole snake show if, if that's okay with you. I look forward to it. Thank you very much. All right, John. Thanks so much for pushing back. We appreciate you. What you got going That's on on Sports, Sports Radio? SportsRadio610.com. I've got all my columns and podcasts on there, and I would appreciate it. People would check it out because there's no paywall. Those columns are free, free, free to steal a line from a guy that I know real well, Mattress Mac. There it is. Well, thank you, John. We appreciate you. We'll check it out thank for you sure. Guys. Jared, nice meeting you. There he goes, the great John McClain, Sports Radio 610, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL on Twitter. Make sure you go check out his work, sportsradio610.com. As he said, all his work is free, free, free. You can check it out today. And he's got all the stories, all the stories. And we'll have to get him in studio to have a little snake week so he can tell the stories about the great Kenny Stabler. 315 is the time. We'll get back to your calls and texts. we got Paloma Villacana coming up at 330. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 319 is the time. 
Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, will join us at 3.30 to talk all things Raiders, Aces, whatever she's got going on. She's always super busy all around town. We definitely appreciate her and her efforts. Again, she'll join us at 3.30. Through the question out there, and this is coming off a call from Raider Eddie in Denver, talking about culture and creating something and building something. And we always hear culture and what that means. We hear coaches when they come in to take over a team, got to change the culture, change the culture. And a lot of times you look at it and roll your eyes and say, oh, it's coach speak or it's GM speak. Well, on Raider 80's call, and I realize that a lot of people might not have heard Raider 80's call. We played it at the beginning of the show. It's basically talking about the Heat, the Miami Heat, as they play game three of the finals tonight against Denver from South Beach. They have that heat culture. They have, and I think it started with Pat Riley. I believe it started with Pat Riley. He was the guy that really kind of got the ball rolling. They have good front office, have really good head coach, and they just, they're just they just that team that they don't have to have a whole bunch of stars like a lot of teams to be able to get it done, but they can find ways to get it done. Now, does that mean that they're going to win a championship this year? No, but they're there. They're right there. So the question that I threw out there if you knew that the Raiders were going to create and build something similar to the Heat as far as the culture, would you be okay with the slow build? Again, not saying that the Heat were a slow build. I'm saying right now what the Raiders are trying to do last year with Dave Ziegler, this year with Dave Ziegler, next year with Dave Ziegler, it's a slower build. Would you be okay with that? That's the question that I throw out there to you at 69187, keyword R&R. Mailman Raider hit us up and said, Q, I think I've been spoiled with the Warriors these last eight years. That first chip was the first chip I ever seen for any of my ex-Oakland teams. But that feeling of being a winner year in and year out is a feeling I can't compare to. So I can't compare uh, too much. So, yes, I'm down with the slow build if it gets us to where the Warriors are. And that's a great point. It brings up the Warriors. That was the first, that was the first championship that I had really seen. I remember when they won that first ring, how emotional I was about that. And I'm sitting in Central Texas watching the Warriors every single night just hoping that they're able to get that chip because it meant so much, right? Hadn't seen it. And I had been in the era of the Warriors have been so bad for so long, and they finally got things turned around, and then they were on the brinks of winning a championship, and, man, that was special. Now, they went and won a couple with KD, and that was great, but that was that first one. That first one was special, and I'll tell you right now, the last one, last year's championship was just as special in my opinion. The other two, they were great. Don't get me wrong. I'm never going to, you know, I'm never going to poo-poo on a championship, but the first and the last those were fantastic, and those meant a little bit more. Thanks for that text. I do appreciate you. Got more of those texts coming up in a few. 69187, keyword R&R. But let's go down under, mate. Let's talk to our guy, Cam, from Australia. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? How are you, kid? Good to talk to you, my man. You too, brother. I appreciate you. Oh, no worries. Mate, I had to call. I had to call. Not only do I love John McClain and love listening to him and was a bit upset I didn't get to hear him yesterday, but I was stoked to hear him today. But to hear that we're going to have a Kenny Stabler day, mate, that is the bomb, bro. I'm telling you, big time. That's the reason why I'm a one-eyed, dinky guy, Las Vegas Raiders fan, LA Raiders, Oakland Raiders in 1979. My first trip when I was 11 years old, came to America, and I got to meet the snake. And what a man. What a man. And I love my Uncle Dewey who was uh, a retired uh, army man who's now passed away, but he was good friends with Snake. So I got to meet him, and I'll tell you what, mate, I never looked back from that day on, and that was 1979. Nice. Nice. I love it. I love it. Great call, my man. Great call. No worries at all. Now, just real quick, as far as the slow burn goes, 
I think we've been on a slow burn since 1983. <laughs> true. Very true, my man. Very true. Th- thank you so much for the call, Cam. I appreciate you. Thanks so much. Good stuff right there. That was fantastic. And I'll tell you what, I said that we'll have that snake day when, when John McClain comes back to Vegas and we get him in studio. I might just have to just say the hell with that and just do it next Tuesday when we have him on anyway. I might as well just go ahead and do it next Tuesday, right? Just say, hey, we're going to do a whole snake day and get a bunch of guests that are Kenny the Snake Stabler uh, oriented guest. I think I should work on that for Tuesday. Mike Freeman, he wrote the book on Ken Stabler. Like, oh, look, could... I, I got the Rolodex. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's I... not. It's not like it's hard to put together. Oh, yeah. You know, I think we can do that. And uh, being Raider Nation Radio nine twenty, I think we could pull a few strings as well, right? So yeah, yeah, we 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 know some guys. So I think we're. I got after that call from Cam. Cam. <laughs> Whoa, Cam. You know, after I yeah. got that call from Cam. How could I go wrong? Definitely uh, got to get that and make that happen sooner rather than later. Thanks so much for that uh, call. I do appreciate you. Uh, got a text from uh, Poncho. He said, what up, Q? Poncho here. I'm answering your question. I have to give a big hell yes. If we can be consistent for the next, I don't know, 10 years and constantly make the playoffs, then yes, it'll be 100% worth it. The only issue that we fans have been hearing this since after 2002. So I think that's why fans are annoyed and aren't big fans of what's going on right now and prefer to win now. That's for Poncho in the 209. And I, I agree 100% that, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know that, that's the problem. And so that's why when I, you know, am ever asked the question about being patient, I never want to encourage a fan to be patient because the fan base, and I know for myself in general, we've been patient for a long time. Right, my son was just here last weekend. He's about to be a junior in college. He ain't never seen the Raiders be a really good team, right? I mean, really, when he was a baby and they were really good, he wasn't paying attention. So he ain't never been. He's about to be a a junior in college. That's obviously way too long, way too long for this team to be a very successful team. So I, I don't, I don't blame you when you say that you don't want to be patient. But if they could turn this into some kind of culture similar to what the Heat have, then, man, at the end of the day, you'd probably say it's worth it. But, man, that's a tough pill to swallow. That's a lot of faith that you're having that it's going to get done. Because, again, just because you're patient don't mean that it is going to get done. But thank you so much for that text. I'll get one more text in before we, uh, before we get to Paloma. And this one's from the 626. This one is absolutely not. Slow build has been going on since Rich Gannon got hurt. A 20-year slow build is called incompetence and failure. Always a fan. Go Raiders. And there you go. That is the other side of it right there. Right? I mean, again, and that's why I understand. And I won't – I do not – I don't even know who sent that text in. It came from the 626. I understand and I appreciate it because that is, like I said, a tough pill to swallow to tell a fan base that's been starving, like you said, for 20-plus years. I'll just be patient. I'll be patient. It's all going to be good. It's going to turn the culture around. Going to be consistent for 10, 15, 20 years from now. It's hard to sell that when it's been a lot of patience in between Gannon getting injured and where we are right now in 2023. Coming up next, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. She joins the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. On the shot clock, two-possession game. Here's Young with 19. Give her 21. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5. Here's your boy Q. And Paloma Villacana joins us now on the phone lines from Fox 5 News and Fox 5 Sports. And we definitely appreciate you, Paloma, uh, each and every day with your busy schedule, your busy self. We saw you out at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center on Tuesday, mandatory minicamp day one. Uh, you're not out there all the time, but you were out there. You were able to hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. You were able to see what was going on out there. What was your biggest takeaway from what you saw and what you heard? 
Raiders team is is hungry. You know, they're they see what the Golden Knights are doing, they see what the Aces are doing. They 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 want a championship too. You know, I, I feel like everyone in Las Vegas kind of has that fire uh, in them to go win. Uh, you know, look what Kevin Kruger is doing, you know, with the running rebels and his recruiting and, you know, everyone's looking at the golden Knights. Everyone's looking at the aces. So, um, you know, there's, there's an energy, there's a buzz in the city right now, especially with the golden Knights and their, their playoff run. And uh, the aces are undefeated. Uh, so I feel like everyone is feeling that pressure of, all right, we all got to bring it. You know, there's, there's a sense of urgency. If you're a professional athlete or you're a collegiate athlete, or you're a high school athlete, you know, you're, this is a good time to be in Las Vegas. We're feeling the energy. We're feeling the buzz. And I think the Raiders coming off a, a six and 11 season, you know, where they wrapped it up on a, on a three game losing streak. I feel like they're feeling the, the urgency this, this off season, this uh, mini camp uh, to come out and, and win games next year. You know, I, I wanted to ask you kind of a, a little bit more about that because, again, you know, you look at all the success going on in the city and then you see that they're not that successful team just yet. But, you know, how much do you think that the players could even just take back from what they observe? All the Raiders have been at the Golden Knight games and just kind of seeing how they go out and execute as a unit. Do you think that they can take something away from that and, 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 and put that into their own game? Yeah, and I think it all comes down to, to the chemistry. You know, the Aces have a really strong chemistry. Uh, they know where they are on the court when they're not even looking at each other. Um, you know, and the same goes for the Golden Knights. They have a really strong chemistry out there on the ice. Um, they've built up that chemistry. Um, look what Aiden Hill is doing, That that just that consistent um, execution every single day. So, um, you know, that's what the Raiders need. They need to find that chemistry. They need to find that consistency. Um, and I think that's what was lacking last year was, you know, all of them trying to get on the same page um, in a new system, a new coaching staff. Um, you know, it just didn't seem like anything was clicking for the Raiders last year. Um, you know, they, were, they had a lead in almost every game, and they, they right. gave up that lead in almost every game. Um, so I, I really took to note what Josh McDaniel said as he opens up minicamp. He said, you know, we go back and we look at every year and it would be wrong if you didn't, you know, critique yourself and really evaluate, you know, what went wrong last year and try and get everyone on the same page um, and trying to get all these new faces, these new coaches, new players uh, on the same page and, and really stri- start a strong off season because the work that's being put in right now, you know, mm-hmm. every single day at practice, that's what's going to show up, you know, come August, come September. Um, you know, you can't wait until training camp uh, to get things started, to start building that chemistry. And um, the one thing that concerns me is, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo not out there. Josh right. Jacobs not out there. Um, some of their star players are not out there building that chemistry, building that consistency, starting to get, um, you know, familiar with the playbook and everything and get on the same page. So that's just the one thing that concerns me is, you know, the Raiders and their star players, um, you know, on offense are, are missing during mandatory minicamp. And I, I know it's early in the season, but really the work in the off season is what's going to come out when it's when when we kick off. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. Again, we're talking with Paloma Villacana here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Necessary Roughness. So you were out there. You saw the guys out there on the grass. You saw all three fields being used. I mean, what was your biggest takeaway from the guys that were out there and just kind of the drills they were going through? Okay, first of all, I couldn't see anything because <laughs> <laughs> we're so far away from the team during uh, minicamp. And, 
you know, all the video we were able to shoot yesterday, you know, I was just like, man, this is just kind of like a, a faraway look at, at, at the team. It, it really is until training camp that we can really get up close to the guys um, and see them, you know, and, and their their physicality and their energy. And, you know, we can see the sweat on their on their faces and everything. Um, and that's that's last training camp. You know, we saw Devontae Adams ball out. We saw yeah. him. Um, you know, really flash during training camp, but we are we are kind of so far away, um, you know, that we can't see the guys too too up close. But we know Max Crosby has a lot of energy. You know, we know he's leading the defense. Um, you know, we we are able to take a closer look at the the backup quarterbacks, and I think the backup quarterbacks, um, you know, look strong as well. So, um, but you know, the fans want to see, you know, he's going to look, and you know, they want to see. Um, you know, the quarterback take command of, of this team. So um, I feel like we're getting a taste, a sliver of what the Raiders are going to look like. Um, but it's not until we get the full squad out there and it's right. training camp that we can kind of get a more uh, a more sense of what this team's going to look like this fall. Yeah, this is just a little bit of a tease right now when we're looking at what, what the Raiders could look like and then the drills that they're going through was out there again today, being able to check out a little bit. Now, Paloma, I did want to ask you about the Aces. Uh, since last time we talked, they've played a handful of games, and every one of them has been close. But they've won every one of them, right? They're doing a fantastic yeah. job. They're undefeated on the season. What has been the biggest key for the Aces to be able to win these games that they struggle in at times and, and these other teams? are giving them their best game yeah I mean Jackie Young I mean she's just brought her game to a whole new level this season um, and we know Asia Wilson is incredibly talented the reigning MVP reigning defensive player of the year um, but for Jackie Young to really step up this season posting you know 22 23 points a game um, you know she's she's really been the X factor like we've mentioned this season um, but like I said I mean this core is is elite it's elite and you know every team that that thinks they have a chance against the aces it looks like no one has a chance against the aces this season you're talking about the number two team versus the number one team connecticut going up against the aces and you know this is the team they beat uh for for the championship last year so if the number two team in the wnba you know can't hang with the aces then that shows you how how elite how talented the aces are and um, and we've heard from Asia Wilson all year long that she's greedy, she's hungry, she's not satisfied, she's ready to win another one. Um, and I think the entire team has that mentality. And uh, being around Asia Wilson, you know, her drive, her competitiveness, it's contagious. So um, I really think Asia Wilson sets the tone for that team. And then they all kind of follow her with, with Kelsey Plum and Jackie Young and Chelsea Gray. Um, they are all incredibly talented. So when they're all out there, um, you know, they'll, they'll be able to close out games even when they have defensive lulls. Um, they, they just seem to be getting the job done. Yeah, they are, and I've, I've been very impressed. And, you know, uh, Candace Parker is out there, and I know that she's not contributing as much as Jackie Young. She's not doing it like Asia Wilson is, but something about her presence out there makes me feel like she's almost like a calming voice, almost like a motherly figure. I don't want to age her, but it's almost like yeah. that calming, like, mother figure for this team where they, she keeps them all calm. Yeah, she's been pretty clutch for the Aces. I want to say, like, her assist. You know where mm -hmm. she is on the court. She knows where Alicia Clark is. She knows where Asia Wilson is, and and that's that's what I mentioned. Just the chemistry, um, you know, the the togetherness that I'm mm -hmm. seeing with the Aces. Like as soon as they step on the court, they are just clicking. They're all on the same page. They know where they are. 
Um, their defense is turning into offense. Uh, you know, they're just clicking. And it's hard to do that. It's hard to get an entire roster um, right out the gate. I mean, they're so early in their season. But for, for them to be right out the gate, um, just firing off on all cylinders. And, yeah, I think Candace Parker just brings that veteran presence where when she's on the court, she knows exactly who to, the pass, who to pass the ball to. When she's getting double teamed, you know, she's able to get out of it quickly. Um, and that's just that's just her 16 years of experience. So, um, yeah, just another weapon they have, Candace Parker. Yeah, she's awesome. She's she's fun, and this team is uh, a lot of fun to watch as well. Paloma Villacana, Fox Five Sports, joins us here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Jared's got a couple for you. Go ahead, Jared. All right. So, do you think that the long range game for the Aces is going to come back into play? They seem to be struggling recently. Yeah, I feel like they have been been struggling from three on the road, especially in Indiana. Um, and we know Chelsea Gray can get hot. We know Kelsey Plum can get hot. We know Jackie Young can get hot. So, um, yeah, I feel like Becky Becky has been, you know, maybe scoring more in the paint this season. But um, that's one thing Asia Wilson has repeatedly told me that, you know, she wants to get better at three-point shooting, and she has. She definitely has. Um, but, you know, there, there, I feel like there isn't one player on the Aces, you know, that, that's not afraid to shoot the three. I feel like Alicia Clark has stepped up from, from deep. Um, Jackie Young delivers from deep. Um, it just depends on, on how the game is going and how, how the opponents are, you know, attacking them. And everyone's going to bring the aces their, their best punch. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every game is going to be different. But, you know, when they're at home at the Michelob Ultra Arena, I mean, man, <laughs> it's been blowout after blowout against, against the Sparks and against the Minnesota Lynx. So this Sunday, they're back at the house. It's, it's kids' day, um, and every single person I've ran into in the community is like, I'm there on Sunday for kids' day. So um, it's awesome to, to run into you know locals, and, and they, they're telling me how excited they are uh, to take their kids to an Aces game on Sunday. So I want to transition to the Golden Knights, or back to the Golden Knights, as it were. Yeah. How, how is it? covering sports in this town where the entire community is backing one team when everyone always said that like oh hockey in the desert it's not going to work the support um it truly is something special it really truly is something special um there's a certain vibe there's a certain magic about it when i'm out there at toshiba plaza interviewing fans um, it's just awesome to see. And then the Golden Knights, you know, they go out there and they put on a huge game, a huge performance uh, to rally up their fans. And uh, the Golden Knights just look dominant this postseason. You know, they've been shutting out games. Um, and, you know, they smoked the Panthers on, on Monday. So um, not only do they look good, they look dominant, you know. And these are guys where there's, you know, six original misfits, six original VGK players that, you know, are, are looking to get the job done. You know, they, they left empty-handed that first year um, against the Capitals, and, and this year it looks like they are they are eager and they're determined to win it all. All right, so my final question, it's way too early, but give me predictions, UNLV, running Rebels, and UNLV football. Give me the way too Both early. Both already? Yeah, no. She's locked. She's locked in. She does a show. She does a show. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just a lot of, I mean, I'm, I'm so eager to get out to uh, UNLV football's 
training camp when it when it kicks fall camp when it kicks off in August, uh, just because he has so many new players um, and a new coaching staff. It's a new system. Uh, their defense looked really good in uh, UNLV spring game. I think the defense came away with four turnovers, uh, four or five turnovers in their spring game. So it was pick city for the defense. <laughs> um, and, and just eager to see, like we've mentioned, you know, Doug Brumfield, you know, continuing to grow with, with Barry Odom and um, his new coaches that he's brought in and their go-go offense with their OC that's coming from, from Texas. Um, so eager to see what the Rebels look like come this uh, August, but the running Rebels, Kevin Kruger has been doing some serious work in the transfer portal, picking up guys from Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Uh, he has six new guys on his roster, but I just had a, a local five-star in studio recently, um, Deaton Thomas Jr., DJ Thomas, um, who's Nevada's Gatorade Player of the Year. Um, so I had him in, in studio, I had his dad in studio, um, and he's he's an elite uh, score for for the running rebels and he just um, reclassified so yep. he is coming to UNLV after his junior season uh, with Liberty you know taking Liberty to two straight uh, championship games and um, you know it looks like Kevin Kruger is putting in work but I, like I said I'll take it back to you know all the sports teams here in Las Vegas um, you know are, are probably feeling that urgency and that 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 this is a city and it is it is buzzing with with sports fans and we're about to get Formula One in the Super Bowl. And um, what a time to be a collegiate athlete and a professional athlete here in Las Vegas. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's really fun. I mean, it's, it's fun to sit back and observe. It's obviously a lot of fun to do what we do. We're part of all the all the magic that's going on in the city. And, Paloma, you're, you're even deeper into the magic and all, all that than we are. I mean, we're, we're pretty focused in on one team or the other. But, man, you, you, you're spread out. You got them all covered. So uh, you're doing a hell of a job. And, like I said, it's a fun time to have a fun time here in Las Vegas. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I mean, we're we're full swing with the Aces. You know, Fox 5 is the, is the broadcast home with the Aces, so we got 30 of their games this season. So the Aces will be back at the house on Sunday. Um, you know, my interview with DJ Thomas is coming up on Fox 5. So, nice. um, But, you know, more importantly, Q, it's all about, you know, featuring the local people here in Las Vegas, the local coaches, uh, local athletes, you know, local women business owners. Local radio guys. I a local radio guy <laughs> uh, that works so hard you on air for 24 hours you know so you know my love my love is deep for this city so i love y'all it's all it's no doubt about it well paloma thanks so much we definitely appreciate you keep up the good work thank you see you guys all right see you there she goes paloma Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports, and, uh, yeah, she does a fantastic job all over the spot and was talking to her uh, just on Tuesday when she was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. But at the Aces, UNLV, the Golden Knights, the Raiders, whatever it is, uh, high school sports, she's got it covered like a glove. Many thanks to Paloma. We definitely appreciate her. 3.47 is the time. We'll come back, get to some calls, get to some texts, and then we'll hear Max Crosby from the Raiders Roundtable around 4 o'clock. If we don't have a call, we'll get to that. But uh, we got plenty coming up on the way. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Many thanks to Paloma Villacana. Many thanks to John McClain, Sports Radio 610. Many thanks to Vinny Bonsignor. All have joined us on the show so far. And many thanks to Raider Mac, Joel, Cam, whoa, Cam, 
All have called in and chimed in on the show as well, and there's still time for you to chime in at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r and I've been talking about culture thanks to my guy Raider Eddie in Denver. Love this show because it's so interactive. That's why yesterday when our phones went down, I got so frustrated because I love being able to interact. I don't have all the answers, and I love to hear from Raider Nation. I love to get your thoughts because Raider Nation, I mean, look, look, you can, you can do this show if you want to yourself. <laughs> right? I mean, you, you're just – you're dialed in. You know what you're talking about. You know what you're looking at. And, and so I, I really respect – even if I don't agree with every opinion, I still respect the opinion of Raider Nation. So you feel free to chime in on the show at any point. But we've been talking about culture and what the Raiders are attempting to do, and I know what Dave Ziegler is attempting to do. And that's the same thing that every new GM attempts to do and every new coach that is hired is attempting to do. Change the culture of the team. The Raiders are trying to do that. The Raiders have done that. Before, right? They tried to change the culture of the team with Gruden. Before that, it was Del Rio. Before that, it was this coach. Before it was that coach. Every coach says that, but only certain ones are able to do it, and only certain front offices are able to do it. And a lot of times, it all starts, and I think most of the time, it starts at the top. The Miami Heat was brought up as an example, and I believe that it starts with Pat Riley. I really do. I mean, that's a guy who's been there, done that. Plenty of people have followed him from the Lakers to the Knicks to Miami, and when he got to Miami as a as the president and also the, the coach, I mean, things started to really turn around there in Miami. And now you see where they're at right now where – Basically, each and every year, even if you're not paying attention to them, you need to pay attention to them because they have an opportunity to get into the playoffs and make a run. And that's all I'm talking about. Just make it to the playoffs every year. Be that team when the season starts and you go through the schedule, like, oh, who's going to be a playoff team? Oh, the Raiders will be. Oh, the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. You know, just like right now in Pittsburgh, they believe each and every year the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they will, but they, they feel pretty confident in saying, oh, yeah, Steelers will be a playoff team. If I come out and say, oh, the Raiders are going to be a playoff team, someone's going to say, are you sure? What tells? What makes you think that? You know, it's been so long. So they want to, at some point, get to that consistency. So the question I threw out there, if you knew the Raiders were creating and building something very similar to that Heat culture, but their own Raiders culture, where they would be that consistent team, would you be okay with the slow build that is going on right now with the silver and black? And Jim from Yonkers said, I think winning as you change the culture helps. An improvement from last year is a step in the right direction. We did not lose games last year because we did not work hard. It, was, it has more to do with roster depth and a lack of head coaching experience in making adjustments. Lucky you're not in New York with the smoke coming down from Canada. Those peanut butter pretzels are addicting, <laughs> LOL. Thank you for a great show, Jim from Yonkers. Thanks for that text, and you're right. That smoke coming down from Canada ain't no joke. Man, uh, games in New York has been canceled. They've been canceled because of that smoke. They got them wildfires going on, man. It looks like a scene from, like, a movie. Right, it's it's insane, and those peanut butter pretzels are definitely addicting. Again, I said I had three bags of them stashed at the radio station. I say stashed; they're not really. I gave one to Lauren because, well, I ate you all of hers. Them. I took them all, so I had to replace those. And then uh, Sylvia uh, from our other sister station, Comp, she uh, she helped me uh, eat half that damn bag, so uh, made sure that she had a bag. And then, of course, I had a bag as well, and it's still stashed around there. But again. I discovered Trader Joe's today, and that was pretty stinking amazing. So I never I, – I, my mom texted me too. She did text me and say that she's very familiar with Trader Joe's, and I guess I'm the one that's late to the party. And, again, I've said it multiple times on this show. I don't mind being late to the party. And I don't, admit, I don't mind being, uh, being, you know, admitting that I was late to the party. Oh, man. Uh, you're reminding me I dated this girl that discovered Target, and the entire time she was there, she was like, I can get – Bath and body work stuff while buying bacon? 
That's funny. That's it's funny that you mentioned Target. I talked about jobs that I had that, and I said for the most part that every job I've had, I've I've pretty much loved. I just realized that's one job I hated. I worked at Target for Ooh. one one overnight. One overnight, I was stocking shelves. I left that job and quit before I, my shift was even over. When I went on break, brother, I braked. <laughs> right? <laughs> I ain't never going back. I took a break and I still Keep have not returned. Exactly. Three fifty-six of the time. We'll come back with hour number three. It's Red Nation Radio nine twenty.